Merry Christmas. Great to see everybody this morning. It's, uh, so you're going to open presents uh, tonight? For sure. Okay. Tomorrow, a few of you? Yeah. So uh, the High family, we did ours yesterday because uh, all of us have uh, this, that, and the other. We've got services today, and then uh, they, they do their own thing on Christmas Day. And so it's, it's fun to watch the uh, response. And uh, so Kale, he's uh, thir- 11 now, somewhere in there. I have 13 of them, so don't give me... Give me. He opens his present, and a uh, little, little box like that, he opens the present, he gets it halfway open, and he goes, let's go, let's go. He jumps up and down, he's all excited, he runs over to uh, his aunt, aunt and uncle that gave him the gift, big hugs, big hugs. Now that is a response, and oftentimes the joy of a gift is in the response. It's everything to do with, whoa, how, the way you respond to that gift, how you accept and interact with that gift. And today we have an opportunity to just take a few minutes and think about our response to Christ and the incredible gift that he has given to us. We all have this desire, this, it's almost like a hole in our heart that we, we wish to fill. And you've had it since you're young. You've interacted with it many ways since you're young. It's that you want to know that God knows you're there and that he's somehow trying to interact with you. That you've seen him somehow interact with you. You want to know that he cares about you. And there's a few of you here that they are like, I don't even believe in God. You still want it. It's still something you want to have happen in your life. And it's fun to watch it. It's fun to watch us when we think that it has happened or interact that, is ha- that has happened. Just this past Thanksgiving, um, my, Lori, uh, Lori's, my wife Lori is a baker, and she'll, she'll bake pies, and then, and then she'll be like, hey, I think God wants me to take this pie to this person. And uh, that happened. It was, it was before, a couple days before Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving, and the person that she was going to give the pie to said, oh, I'm not feeling good. No, 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 don't come, don't come. And uh, that just lights Lori up more. And she runs over there and, and takes her the pie and, and gives it to her. And then the next day, she, that, that person who she gave the pie to was responsible for desserts and her family, but they, she felt so bad she couldn't take them. But Lori brought her the pie. Wow, God worked that all out. They were so excited. They talked about it for weeks. Right? about how they knew that God worked this all out. It's just, it's just incredible. Last year, whether you remember it or not, if you're visiting today or if you're our guest today, man, we're so glad you're here. Um, I think I forgot to tell you, I'm Pastor Chris, by the way. Huh? Um, so glad you're here. And we, two years ago, a little girl uh, in our church found out that she had brain cancer. Do you guys remember the prayers that you prayed? I don't mean that we prayed, that you prayed for Olivia. Do you remember, not all of you, but do you remember praying, God, if you, if you just keep her with us, I'll serve you the rest of my life. God, just this one time, show up. I need you to do the impossible. And she was in first service this morning. Like, just 
Wow, that, that's incredible. One of my favorite ones is something, I didn't actually grow up with this. And so, uh, it, honestly, it was new to me and to some degree surprised me, but I'm now convinced. So uh, this is, I've had this happen with several people, but the ones that I get the biggest kick out of are the really tough guys who come from a really rough background. They've got tattoos all over the place and really, really tough guys. And I'm interacting with them about God, and they're like, oh, boring, boring. All right. And, or fighting me on it, and then they'll say, hey, hey, today, today God talked to me. I was driving home, the, the clouds parted, and the sunshine came down, and I saw rays of light. And they're like, I know that was God trying to talk to me. I know it. We all want it, right? We all want it in some form or fashion. Well, Jesus is specifically God coming to you because he wants to talk to you. He wants to interact with you. It's why Jesus came. And this morning, I'm not going to I'm not going to teach you probably anything you don't already know. That's not the purpose of this morning. I want you to, I want us to, as a family, before we head into all of the festivities of, of Christmas, to just respond to Christ. To, to wrestle with what is our response to this amazing gift that God has given us. And as we do, we're going we're gonna to hit kind of three spots. The first one is his foolishness. His foolishness. You may not know this, but God, God prides himself on his foolishness or using the foolishness, foolish things to confound the wise or to communicate to us. In John chapter 1, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing has been made. Known, has been made. So everything that you interact with in life, Everything that you know about science, everything you're like, oh, this amazing technology, everything that we've discovered... He made all of it. He made all of it. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. He is life itself. And a few verses later in, in 13, it says, And the word became flesh and dwell among us. This word they're talking about is Jesus himself. So he's the creator of everything. He is life itself. He's all-powerful. And then watch what he does. And, he, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, wrapped him in cloths, and placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them. Christ is, he comes as a baby and gets placed in a manger where animals eat, it is the lowest possible way that you could come. The most humble way that you could come. A few verses later, after he's grown up, so he's now 30 years old. 
number of you are 30 years old or approaching 30 years old or just, just left a little while ago. And people would, he, he was calling people to himself and people would come, I want to follow you. And this was his response. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He was 30 years old. He owned nothing. He had built nothing. He didn't have a house. He, he had nothing. Everything that we deem as important. Everything that we say, if we had that, we would be somebody. He had nothing. It's foolishness. Like what? what? That, that seemed foolish. He, he had one more thing he, he said, and it was his philosophy of life. It's how he approached life. Je it says, just as the son of man, it's talking about Jesus himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He never led by force. He never went into any situation and said, okay, how do I use this to get what I want? How do I accomplish or get what I want out of this? He came into every situation and said, I am here to serve, not to be served. That's foolishness to our world. It's often foolishness to what you've been working very hard for in the last two years of your life. How do you respond to that? Is it that he's foolish? Or, oh my goodness, is your response, oh my goodness, I'm the fool. I've been pursuing wealth. I've been pursuing power. I've been pursuing pleasure. And even though it never fulfills me, I just keep going after it. The second thing that Christ offers as a gift to you is his love. And before we go any further, it's important to understand that love has been diluted. The word love in our culture has been very diluted. So I love my wife, Lori. And the definition of love is that you will do what's best for the person you love, no matter what it costs. That's the definition of love. But we use it like this. I love Michigan football, right? I love steak. I love, uh, we use it for everything. We, we love apps, we love music, we love, right? We, we love all this stuff. But actually, love is a, it's a choice and a commitment. Another piece about the love is this. We often have heard God loves you so many times growing up that you don't think he has a choice. You don't think he chose to love you. You think he just has to. That's who he is. After all, it says God is love. But the Bible talks about him choosing to love you. Matter of fact, the passage we're going to look at is from Romans. It's, it's about that. And I, and I wonder how you respond to this. For you see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for us, for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. 
But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we, were while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. My wife loves me. I have to work really hard to love her even though she loves me like crazy. Same thing for you guys, right? Christ loved me while I was his enemy, while I was rebelling against him. While I lived my life saying, listen, nobody tells me what to do. I tell me what to do. When I think about Christ's cho choice to die for me, his choice to love me, while he knew just how mean I was, just to be mean, how much I slander people, how much pride I live with, and lust, oh my goodness, constantly thinking if I could just have pleasure. And yet, in that moment, he said, I'm going to give my life for you. How do you respond to that? Because it's personal. It's not just he did it for the world. He did it for you and for me. What is your response to sacrificial love? He calls us to a response. It's that we would love him with all our heart, with all our soul, and all our might. We have the opportunity to respond back with the love that he gave to us. But to do that, you got to accept it. The next piece is his forgiveness. And I, when I first originally wrote the message, I, was, I talked about his peace. But I realized that a lot, of, a lot of us believe that God just gives peace, like he sprinkles it, versus, no, no, peace comes from forgiveness. Peace comes from what God promises us, and then we accept that or respond to it, what he's given us. So how do you respond to his forgiveness? First question is, do you need it? Do you need to be forgiven? Second question is, what do you owe God? See, forgiveness is not a feeling thing. Forgiveness is not, ah, oh, I was mad at you, but now I forgive you, and it's okay. Forgiveness is a debt that's owed. Forgiveness is about the fact that I owe a debt that I have to pay. And so it would mean, how would you, how would you figure this out? I think a good way to look at it is your, your conscience. What would it cost to clear your conscience so it was clean? So clean that we could take your life, your brain, your emotions, we could take your life, everything you remember about you, and there's so much you remember in there you can't even recall, right? There's a lot in there. And we take it, and we're going to put it on the screen, and everybody's going to watch it. You're like, no way. What would it take to clean that so that it's pure and good and acceptable. 
See, what Jesus offers is his body was broken for you to pay the debt of everything you've ever thought or done wrong. Everything you're ashamed of and things you're not ashamed of that you should be ashamed of, he paid the debt that you owed God for that sin. There's a story in the New Testament about a lady who was a sinner. That's what, the, that's what her name, that's what she's known as. She's known as the sinner. And uh, the Pharisees, these were the self-righteous, they were self-righteous, they were the religious leaders of the day. They had invite, invited Jesus to come eat with them. Jesus goes to eat with them, and this lady who is a sinner shows up, and it says she stood behind him, and she's crying. She's crying so much, she takes her tears and begins to wash Jesus' feet, which back then they always wore sandals, so when you came to somebody's house, it was customary that you would, somebody would, needs to wash their feet because their feet are dirty. So she's washing his feet with her tears, and then with her hair. The religious leaders go, this Jesus can't be from God. Otherwise, he would recognize that lady is a sinner. She's evil. She's wicked. He, he's a righteous man. He should have nothing to do with her. And Jesus gives this simple principle, which is, well, the reason that she's doing that is because she's been forgiven of so much. So she loves big. Because if you've been forgiven of a lot, you love a lot. But if you've only been forgiven of a little, you just love little. This is what he says. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. More sin, more love. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. What's your response? Today, as you remember the gift of Christ, what's your response to him and his offer to forgive you? Well, a couple of possibilities. For some of us, we ignore him. We, we ignore him. We've heard what we've talked about today. You've heard it before. And you're like, nice story about a nice guy. But it doesn't have anything to do with me. I live in a tough world. And in a tough world, you can't live like that. That's not realistic. I work on Wall Street where it's dog eat dog. And what, what he has to say and what he's shown us is foolishness. And, and I don't have time to focus on forgiveness. And I don't need to be loved. I'm going to do fine just by myself. And just ignore it. You kind of pretend it never happened. You just ignore it. 
For other of us, others of us, I, I can be in this category. We talk over him. What do you mean? You talk about what you believe and what you think. So if the name Jesus comes up, you're quick to say, well, this is what I think about Jesus, and this is what I think he was like, and this is what I think he wants, and this is what I think he would do. Even when you talk to Jesus, you talk over him. You pray, and you talk, and 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 you ask for things, and you ask for things, and you talk, and you talk, and you talk, and you never listen. You never respond to him. You just talk over him. Many of us redefined him. <laughs> you know this from watching the news, right? People love to bring up Jesus. And they say Jesus would want this, and Jesus would do this, and this is what Jesus would do. That's because they redefined him. They didn't find out from the Bible who he was and then respond. They just heard about it and said, oh, I'm going to use that for what I want. And so you just, you make up your own Jesus. You never get a chance to respond. And I think most of us have done this, where you meet him halfway. You see, when Jesus loves you and you accept his love, it's like he puts a mirror up and shows you you're not going to make it without him. He shows you your sin. And did you know when it comes to love, you can reject it? Have you ever watched a daughter reject her father's love and destroy her life? You ever watched a friend? Maybe you have a friend who you have reached out to and you've poured into your life, his life and you want to love him. And he has said, thank you, but no thank you. Why? Because there's, a, there's a, a submission that comes with accepting love, right? There's a, oh, yeah, I'm going to follow that. And oftentimes we come to Jesus, and Jesus says this. He says, listen, I want to forgive you of your, what you've done. I, have, I love you. I've paid for everything, and so... You're a sinner. You don't have any righteousness of your own. So I need you to lay down your life and let me forgive you, give you my righteousness, make you a brand new person, totally on my terms. And we're like, Jesus, that sounds good. I'll tell you what, let me meet you halfway. Let me be part of the equation. Let me do something that I'll do this and then I deserve to be a part of it. And Jesus is like, no. You're like, you're like, they're right. Bad, bad math. Jesus, you do 75, I'll do 25. Okay, all right, I got it. Jesus, you do 90, I'll do 10. Jesus, you do 99, I'll do 1%. To which Jesus says, no, I am a gift. And gifts can only be received. They can't be bought. So he invites us to trust him. Which is scary because you've got to give up everything to trust somebody, right? But I, I encourage you, 
in this Christmas season right now. Don't respond to the ideas. Don't respond to me. Don't respond to the story. Respond to the person. Jesus, who came to show you who God was and invite you to be forgiven and to experience the life and the pleasure of God. We're going to sing a song. Actually, the band is going to sing a song for you. I want you to just enjoy the song. It's called Hope Has a Name. And in this song, it says that it uses the word Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that's what happened at Christmas. God came to be with us. That very thing that you keep wishing that God would show up in your life, he has shown up in your life. And his name is Jesus. And I invite you this morning, admit your need. Not just part of your need, the whole thing. Whatever you're hiding, take your pride and let it die. Have you ever watched somebody that someone comes in and they say, listen, I'd like to help you out here. I'd like to give you this gift. And the person's like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, and they're trying to think of things they're going to give back to the other person. Right? They won't just accept the gift. They're going, well, let me do this for you. And let me do that. Okay, that's not right. Let me. This morning, accept the gift. Confess your sin. Repent. Let, and we're going to take communion in just a, a bit. And this is what communion represents. That the body was broken for you. Let Christ pay your debt. Everything that you owe God, let him clear your screen. And the juice, which represents Christ's blood, which washes you white as snow and makes you pleasing to God. Respond in humility and trust. He's got a gift he wants to give you. Accept that gift.